Do you feel like you're stuck in the job doldrums? We all know work can be better. If you believe there's a better way to work, join us in the global work forward movement now. Welcome to the Work Forward Podcast. Welcome to the Work Forward Podcast. We all know that work can be better. Work Forward is a community. We're a movement. We're not a company. And we surround ourselves with this whole idea that work can be better. Like we know that. We know that the way that we're operating today is not the best way that we can work. And so we aspire to come together and generate ideas and thought leadership around how to make work better. Well, occasionally we share some content with you from our summit. This is from our last year's 2021 Q4 summit, where we talk about the war for talent. That's right. We know that there's a war for talent out there. And not only that, we know COVID-19 has made the issue even more of a challenge. So I've got something really cool for you to pop over and listen to, which is an all-female panel of us talking about the war for talent. So jump in and join the discussion with us now. Welcome, everybody. I want to introduce myself real quick. I'm Natalie Bourne. I am a podcaster, and I'm also the Vice President of Innovation for Territory Global. We're excited to have you with us today because we are talking about a topic that's pretty hot right now, and that is the war for talent. You have probably felt it in your own organizations. Even if you've tried to do something in the technology or IT space, you've probably felt it even stronger. We're in a war right now, and it's it's very difficult to get uh, the talent we need in order to complete the projects we have and really move the organization forward. So as I was preparing for this panel, I, I kind of pulled out just a few things that I want to share with you guys, just some stats that I've been seeing. So I'm going to read these to you. The first one is a survey done by Prudential that found one in three Americans working do not want to work for an employer that requires on-site full-time work. So what we're seeing is that before COVID-19, right, people just found the companies that were were good at helping them to have that work-life balance where they could work from home. We're seeing now that we've we've been through a great deal of the pandemic and it's not over, people are now requiring that. And so we're seeing this uptick of change to the workforce where some of these things, right, COVID-19 and some of the things that have happened are actually accelerating things we already knew were out there. Uh, many companies are giving large bonuses to incentivize people to come to work, even at things like McDonald's we're seeing in Starbucks. You know, baby boomers are retiring earlier Three million women left the workforce during the pandemic, and one in four workers are planning to change jobs. College enrollment is down, which means it's even harder to find the people that we need in order to be successful. So today we're going to really lean into that, into those some of those topics. I'm excited to have with me three experts on these topics within their own organizations and just thought leaders. First is Adriana Rose. She is the chief people officer for Mural. Hello, Adriana. I'm excited to have you with us. Thank we you also have, we also have Sheila Murdy. She is the EVP for People and Culture at Tillamook. Hey, Sheila. And then we have Dr. Tracy Adams. She's the global leader for talent operations at Columbia Sportswear. So welcome. I'm actually really excited about this all-female panel. That's really cool. It did not, we did not know it was going to work out that way when we were put in together, but it's it's pretty awesome. So I want to start with this question. And Adriana, I'm going to first start with you and ask this question and we'll kind of go around, which is, you know, we're seeing this value exchange right now. We knew it was there before, but now it's accelerated. And we're seeing that people want 
freedom. They want more personal time. Younger employees want more flexibility. And so what we're seeing is that some of these changes are shaping the future of the way that organizations have to shape themselves. And so can you talk a little bit about your own experiences and what you're seeing in your organization? Yeah, absolutely. And I think freedom, I, I would almost say that it's really flexibility, what people are are looking for, right? And And the reason why employees are really demanding this is because we have proven with COVID that some of the old ways of doing work are not necessarily the best ways of doing work, right? Even before COVID hit, I remember at my past role, we had everybody coming to the office and most people just have to put headphones on to be able to get work done, right? So you already start seeing these trends. And even for those people who are kind of hesitant to to admit that this change was happening, COVID has just proven that a lot of the stuff that was held true before, it really isn't. So that's the card that the employees are, are, are playing right now. So what we have done at Mural is a couple of things. One of them is we really take the time to listen to our employees. So we do this via engagement surveys or by talking to some of the managers. And we understand some of the trends and some of the patterns. But then the other thing that we need to also understand is we're, we're very big on design thinking at Mural and really trying to get at the root cause of things is as you're listening to employees, try to understand why they're asking what they're asking for, because the solution might not necessarily be the thing that they're asking for. It might be something very different, right? So that's one thing that we're encouraging or, or I'm encouraging, right? The pop scene and, and other people too, is just like, try to understand what it is exactly that they're trying to solve for so you can find the right way to get the solution, flexibility, whatever it is that they need, and then make sure that it can work within your company, right? And, and try, try to understand the trade-offs. How do you guys, just as a follow-up, slow down to hear the need behind the need? Because you're right, when someone makes a statement, you have to go almost a couple layers deep to say, what's the actual need that I'm trying to surface here? It it. It really takes discipline and being super deliberate about doing it and not jumping to something. So one of the things that we kept getting in our engagement survey was this idea of people being burnt out, which I think every single person has been hearing. And I think we could have had this knee-jerk reaction of saying the pandemic is burning people out. We're a company that's growing incredibly quickly. So people are overworked. And, and try to find solutions for that. But we did take the time to go a little bit deeper to understand what was going on. And while those things were true, what we found as well is that our communication style was one of the things that was burning out people the most. Because we went from 90 people to 700 people in about 18 months. And Slack was just this mess of you know noise that was really like making people just not be able to disconnect from work. So just really taking that... <clears throat> Trying to set behaviors and norms for how do we use Slack, how do we use email has been really helpful. We're still working on that journey because it's a lot of behavior change, but that's like a little nugget of how we've approached this. That's so helpful. And just to hear, to surface out that need to really get to the heart of it. Sheila, what would you say when looking at this value exchange? What have you guys leaned into and what have you understood during this pandemic? Yeah, definitely. Um, I certainly resonate with a lot of what Adriana said. I think there's been some significant shifts in power in, during this uh, phase that we're in, and I think it's here to stay. So as Adriana said, I think employees 
feel like they are dissatisfied with, you know, the things that they've been experiencing prior to the pandemic, whether it's low wages, whether it's, you know, lack of benefits, whether it's not seeing them as a valuable piece of the of the proposition in terms of the economy a business is, is after. So the shifts of power I see is people want, you know, they, they're exercising their power. They want choice. They have more confidence. They can seek out better options in the marketplace today. They want to be heard. Um, and I think overall, they want to matter and they to your business and they want to know that their work contributes to something. So for us personally, just to set a context, we um, are an em- employer who has frontline employees and retail employees, manufacturing and retail employees, whose job is to be there every day on site full time because product doesn't get made otherwise. And then we have another part of the workforce that are people like me, you know, who can log in and dial in and be on Zoom and work partly in a hybrid mode. So what we've sought out to do is really try to understand and how to stratify the solutions and more personalize the employee experience because one size does not fit all. So you can't have, uh, you know, manufacturing employees be home doing work from home. So how do you create an enriching and fulfilling experience? That's what we talk about in our culture for people and, and a safe experience for people who have to come to work every day. What are their needs? How do we support them? How do we keep them particularly safe during this very critical time in our whole era of work? And how do we provide solutions that allow them to feel you know, as confident, as comfortable as possible, leaving their homes and coming to a workplace, putting on a mask, taking a temperature check, working every day side by side with people. So that's been a different thing for us as opposed to the work that people have been able to do from home. And so from that perspective, we've learned a lot too about how we can be very effective um, working not in the office all the time. And we were a business that predominantly, although it wasn't expected to be at work every day in the office, we kind of were. So uh, we allowed flexibility, but it wasn't the status quo for people to work remotely. And we've really identified in this go forward that, hey, we can, um, but we also want to use our space. We're not going fully remote for the employees that can work remotely. We're going to keep our space because we believe for us, our our space can be a culture anchor. So, Do the work, optimize the ways you work. So if you have to do heads down work, you can do it from home. But we also believe in the power of connection and collaboration and using the space to do work differently. So Mm -hmm. we've we've basically communicated a future where we have flexibility, a way to optimize the way you work, a way to have your whole life. Uh, and prioritize the things in the places you need to be. But but we're not giving up on the space being a place that we come together to create sort of that sense of community that people are also seeking out. You know, they want a place where they feel connected to something bigger than themselves. So those are some of the things that we've been focused on. That's really helpful, Sheila. And And what you said in that last piece, community becomes so important. And the question is, are we building a community that people want to attach themselves to and be a part of? Because at the end of the day, that's the piece to, to of what I've, I've been hearing from a lot of uh, different leaders in, in your types of positions is that 
it's community or bust in the season. And that's the thing that people are truly drawn to. Yes, they're drawn to make a life and a living, but it's this idea of what's, am I building something that's bigger than me? And am I a part of something that matters and that's bigger than me? So I I just love what you said there. I want to lean into that a little bit more. We have a lot of great questions that are coming up in the chat. I'm going to let Tracy kind of jump in and introduce this topic and how it kind of applies in her area. And then we'll jump into the chat and we'll actually grab some of these questions and start talking through those. So Tracy, same question. Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm remembering a time where I went into a blockbuster video and I told the guy behind the counter, hey, I just it's the coolest thing. I get these DVDs in the mail like three times a week and they're amazing. And I just plug them in and they're new movies. It's great. And he just looked at me and said, oh, that'll never last because people want to like go into a store and they want to see the movies. They actually want to see the movies. And I've had the same conversation with retail strategists around, you know, this this e-commerce will never hold because women in particular, uh, ladies, want to go into a store and try on clothes. And I, I remember hearing that once at a different company thinking, I don't want to go into a store. Like, I, I want the stuff to come to me. And so what we're seeing is that we're never going to go back. What I see happening in the workplace is this speed of technology and the way we work is being shaped, not just in preferences, but in boundaries, right? In boundaries, Um, boundaries, meaning I'm on an interview yesterday and I can see into this woman's bedroom. And of course, my my head is trying to stay stay focused on the interview, but I'm also peeking into people's homes as I'm doing work. Or I'm lucky that I have an office away from my home. And so I have clear boundaries that, you know, five o'clock, I close the door, I'm with my children. And so I have to create these boundaries for myself because I don't have the get into the car and drive home and decompress, right? So part of that is my emotional resiliency to make that transfer here. And I see it with my team. I see it with the people I work with. Adriana, you mentioned burnout. I mean, part of this is just our emotional capacity around change and adoption of technology. It's here to stay, my friends. I mean, I I work for a company that's very conservative. It's a family-run business. And so our president wants us to be together. He really wants us to come back to the office. But most of the workforce is like, give us a little bit of both now that we've tasted the sweetness of not commuting and not having to have the pressures of work-life balance, give us a little bit of both, um, which is what we're working on now. Yeah, so we're, we're calling it the hybrid workforce right now. That's so good. Tracy, I want to lean into that just a little bit yes. further because yeah. I think it's that's what you're saying. And that's to me what flexibility is. It's saying yeah. you have the flexibility to, when you want to be in community, come and do that. When you want to have that focused work time, and if you are most inspired in a cafe, do that. But then obviously, Sheila, leaning into your area, there are physical products that you guys have to make. And so it's really looking at that and saying, right, we do want to provide flexibility, but we also produce physical things. Mm -hmm. So we need to figure out what, what does that look like? And so kind of what I'm hearing too, is there's not a one size fits all solution <laughs> to that. And I, I want to kind of grab some comments that are coming from the chat because we're getting a lot of great, great things in the chat as well. One of the things that somebody somebody uh, mentioned here in the chat is this whole idea of, you know, we hear people saying things about flexibility 
But then in the same hand, we're talking a little bit about flexibility and benefits versus culture. So maybe we could talk a little bit about, about that. It says, I'm thinking about how to create a great culture. And I'm also hearing our employees want flexibility and benefits. Are you hearing the same thing? I almost kind of, when I read this question, I kind of see this balancing act that we're trying to do where it's like flexibility and benefits, but then we're also trying to really build culture into organizations. So how do you guys kind of tie it all in with where we are at right now with what's going on within your organizations? Sheila, let's uh, jump over and start with you. Yeah, no, I think that's a great question. And, And to me, the question back is, how do you define your culture? What are the elements of your culture, right? So I think uh, it's really important to understand what you're trying to build. And I think the new skill is you have to build culture in whatever hybrid situation you're in. It's not a, you know, either or, it's an and. So I think the question for us, it's about what we've really been able to fortunately do is we codified our values very clearly in 2018 and we began to integrate that in a very intentional way throughout the organization pre-pandemic. So we considered that really fortunate for us because we integrated in sort of this four-part very intentional strategy throughout the organization that dealt with communicating, leadership development, integration into programs, activating our values. And so I think to answer the question about is it flexibility or culture, it's both. And it's about how you do that. So the biggest challenge for us is equipping our leaders to lead differently, but to lead and to be very intentional. So I, I completely agree about this, the definition of flexibility as Tracy was talking about in terms of giving people the ability to to choose how they work best, where they work best, and what work is done best with others. And I think we have to create some intentional asks of our leaders to not just allow that to happen. It's just not, I don't, I don't personally believe it's just going to magically all come together. I think you'd need to have leaders talk about, okay, so how do we build culture on our teams? When do we want to connect together? Could it be, you know, every Wednesday that we do our huddles and people try to come into the office in person for that team? Is there work on a cross-functional team that's best done in person? Let's do that. So it takes a lot more. We're finding this right now because we're all already trying to play this out from the model that we've been and going to. And it requires me saying, hey, I'm coming into the office next Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, if love to see anyone while I'm there. If you want to do your one-on-ones in person, um, make the reservation and show up. Uh, and people are beginning to sort of lean into that, but it takes some intentionality, I think, in doing that. And I think it really is about how do you anchor in your values and how do you play that out in building culture? So for us, genuine care is one of our values genuine care for our employees. So if you care about, as Tracy said, all elements of people's lives and what they're facing and the challenges, whether it's childcare or it's an elderly parent, or I'm too, I'm afraid to come into the office, then you have to activate that flexibility because it's in line with your values. That's so good. Thank you for that. I want to throw this over to Adriana. Let's get personal for a moment. (laughs) How are each of you understanding this this war, you know, this talent war in your own organizations, like how is that translating into how you are hiring, how you are shifting, how you are adjusting to the, honestly the challenges that we faced? Because you mentioned this number, oh my goodness, you guys went from like 20 people to 718 months. That's, that's uh, an explosion of... <laughs> 
of employees. 90, 90, but still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, you mentioned it, hey, and we're still hiring, we're still growing, we're still doing all those things. So talk us to us a little bit about, have you had to adjust anything as you've noticed, okay, markets are tight, talent is tight. What has that looked like for you guys? Yeah, so I would say it's probably two things. I heard Sheila talk about intentionality quite a bit. And I think that is the name of the game nowadays. You can't do you can't manage, you can't lead, you can't hire in the same way in which you used to before, because a lot of things were implicit. You need to start bringing explicitness, intentionality into everything that you do. Part of that is, of this intentionality is really understanding and segmenting what are the things that are making this war for talent a lot harder? What are the things that are actually making it harder to hire? What are the things that are making it harder to retain people? And it might be very different for different companies, and it might be very different for different populations within your own company. So part of this intentionality for us is to really understand what are the things that are driving the different populations that we aim to, to target. So for example, software engineers, right? They're a completely different beast for us. They're really hard to find, but we have a huge population in Argentina, So how does that manifest in Argentina differently than it manifests all over the world? It has to do with wages, but it also has to do with different psychological and and societal issues that the team is dealing with down there and giving them more of that that room to, to talk about it. For managers, too, is how do they lead with more intentionality, but how do they lead with humanity? And building trust when you're all remote, when you're all hybrid is a lot more difficult. So you need to be human, you need to ask the right questions, you need to be very thoughtful about creating psychological safety. And the last piece too is everybody wants to work for something that matters. Even if you're just, you know, cleaning the floor in a bathroom, right? You've all heard that sort of the janitor at NASA who, when they asked them what they're doing and they said, I'm putting a man on the moon. That's really what every company should aim to do is not just focus on how do you decrease the pain, but how do you increase the energy and tie people to that big thing that you're trying to to accomplish. That is really, really important and something that I think we've all realized. That's so that's so good what you just said. Thank you for for saying that. And I I want to go in 500 different directions based on what you just said, but but we are also getting some really great questions in the uh, canvas. So Tracy, I'm going to throw this question to you. Came in through our mural ca- uh, canvas. Are you seeing an increase in attrition rate compared to pre-pandemic rates? So talk to us just a little bit about what you're seeing. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when when COVID first hit, people were not making any moves. They were sort of shocked. They weren't leaving. They were scared. And, you know, like any kind of good change management professional, you know that you go through these psychological phases. I want you all to know that I am an example of an employee who left a very cushy job in the middle of a pandemic. I've been at Columbia for eight months now. I have not met my team in person yet. Wow. You know, the beautiful thing I have to say as a hiring manager is I just hired someone in North Carolina and I never would have gotten that caliber of person if I just stuck to Portland. So it's open as as a as an acquisition professional, it opened our organization up to a wide range of possibilities in attracting uh, the right caliber of, of employee. Now we we are seeing an uptick now in turnover. We are. We are seeing people being far more open to, to leaving their, their uh, cushy jobs. But on the same side, I'm an optimist. I also think that we're able also to attract people from all over the country. So 
it's and and I'll add because we've been talking about this in my conversations with these candidates, they're all asking about our policy around return to work. Um, they're saying they want flexibility. They're saying, you know, do I have to relocate to Portland? I mean, it, these are the conversations we're having with candidates. And I look at it as really exciting. I've been a global leader for a long time. I've had teams spread all over the globe. So it's a time where we are all searching for really great talent. And it is it has shifted the way we think about how we attract candidates, for sure, for sure. That's, um, a, that's a brilliant point, Tracy, because you're opening up this, what this has allowed for those who weren't open to it in the past is it's opened up brand new pools of talents, brand new pools of people that we can bring into the organizations we lead because we don't have to have them work in a specific location. It really just exactly. opens up. Yeah, opens up so yeah. much. And, and I'll just add to the other thing, Natalie, you said get to get personal. My own leadership has been uh, pulled and, and challenged too over this time. You know, I was thinking. You know, we have a culture of inclusion at Columbia, and it's it's a it's a it's a whole different mindset shift in the way you lead your people. Um, you know, one thing I've I've loved to adopt is you know, in the old days, I would say to my team, "Look, you can work from anywhere you want, but on Tuesdays we all have to come into the office because I want to make sure you're still breathing and you're alive." And so now, now, you know, into COVID, my stance as a leader is you can work anywhere you want, but on Tuesdays, we're all going to work from home because Jenny is in North Carolina and Bill is in Chicago and I want them to feel included. And when some of us are in a room and some of us are on a TV, it does not lend an inclusive environment because there's Mm -hmm. conversations going on. People don't feel like they're part of the group, but now that we're all used to being, you know, virtual We've learned how to be connected like this. So So our own leadership gets to be challenged too here. Yeah, that's so good. Okay, so Sheila and Adriana, I'm going to ask you guys to answer this question because we would be remiss to talk about uh, a war for talent and not talk about what everyone's saying right now, which is the great resignation, right? Or the great quit, right? HBR is writing on it. Everyone's talking about it. Can you talk about how this has impacted either your organization or the thinking of your organization when you lean into these these areas we're talking about, culture and community? How has just what you're seeing in the news or maybe even personally feeling, how is that impacting how you're leading and how you're thinking about these organizations you guys lead? Uh, sure, I'll go. Um, I'll go first. So, yes, I think we've, we've been talking deeply about talent. We, we cared about talent before, but it is a daily conversation almost about talent, right? Which I think is good. I think this gives, puts us in a situation where we, we as organizations and as employers have to be better and think deeply about how uh, we lead our organization. So for me, I heard someone um, say something about the great resignation that I wanted to share, which I thought was really had really a deep uh, meaning for me. So we talk, we hear about the great resignation and everybody up and leaving, and but really people are really asking themselves, hey, where do I want to anchor my talents? Where do I want to contribute my work? Where do I feel that I matter the most? What's important to me in life? Because this is a moment where lots of change and craziness happen in the world. You begin to assess your life. And you want to know that what you're doing three quarters of your life matters. So Mm -hmm. I think for organizations like us, what I've said to our leaders is, look, this is our opportunity. This is where 
leadership matters. This is where culture matters. This is where you double down on the things that we're doing and think about, can we be that place that's worthy of employees feeling like they do matter, they are seen, they are heard, they do have a voice, their work contributes to something exciting. You can come here and do work that you can't do elsewhere. You can be part of a community and feel a sense of belonging. And, you know, the biggest, most important thing are leaders, in my opinion, because as I mentioned to you, contextually, we have a number, three quarters of our workforce that's frontline. They don't read emails every day. They don't get Teams messages every day. They're not on Zoom. So how do we transmit culture is our leaders. So we have doubled down on our leaders. We have said, hey, prioritize connection. Don't jump into, hey, what's the metric? What are we doing? What are we doing? Whatever. Take a moment. Check in on people. We've equipped our leaders with a whole series of how to lead in a hybrid workplace. What does that look like? How do you reset team expectations? As Tracy was talking about, what is the new team expectation? If you're a remote sales force, what does that look like? So I think really doubling down on that. And the other thing is really around, I mean, really a focus on retention is what I'm saying, is really thinking about the people you have and Everybody doesn't want the same thing. What do the frontline employees want? Maybe they want a career path. Like my job's going to go to something else. I'm not going to make this amount of money and stay in this place forever. Maybe that's it. But for our mid-career employees, what is it that they want? And what does that development life cycle look like? So we've been really accelerating our focus on development and skilling and creating sort of what I like to say, permissionless learning for employees. You don't need a multi-level way to get to development, creating easy pathways for people to feel like they can flourish and grow. That's so good. Adriana, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, Sheila touched in a lot of things that are really, really important. A ton of the conversations around the rate, rate resignation are here around, let's talk about pay, let's talk about benefits, let's talk about whether people come into the office or not. And a lot of these things I feel are hygiene things that everybody should be thinking through. That's not going to keep people from leaving because every company is really thinking through this. What we have noticed with the pandemic, and I hope that the message is loud and clear and we don't forget about this, the silver lining is leading with humanity, focusing on the bigger picture, focusing on career development, focusing on the connection and making people feel like they belong. That is not a nice to have. It is a must have if you want your company to not just survive, but also to thrive. And it's hard because we spent probably the last, I don't know how many years, right? Treating the workforce almost as, you know, it's okay. They're fungible. We can exchange them. We'll hire the next one. But truly now we're really trying to see that actually treating people like humans, making them connect the bigger picture, making them feel like they're contributing and you are contributing to their career is the most important thing you can be focusing on. And how do we train our leaders to do this? when it isn't something that we have traditionally asked them to do. That's the biggest focus. And it's going to take a little bit of time, right? Because it's a soft skill. It's an intangible, but you need to double down on it right now. Wow. Well, I hope you enjoyed that thought-provoking discussion today on the war for talent. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for being a part of this community. And I want to remind you that you can go over to We Work Forward to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And then of course, workforward.co is our website and you can check us out on LinkedIn as well. I know I don't have an Easter egg for you. I don't have a funny thing at the end of the episode this time, but I do have this final thought that I'd like to leave you with. Kat Cole has coined this thing called the hotshot rule. 
And it's this idea that if you were to be fired from your job tomorrow and someone else was to come in and take over your role as the hotshot, right? The new hotshot that's going to work in this organization. What are one to three things that they would do right away when they inherited your organization? What are one to three things they would do? And my question to you is this, why haven't you done them? Jot them down, go implement them today. You're the hotshot. I'll see you next time. Thanks for joining our Work Forward community. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, follow us on LinkedIn, and visit us at workforward.co. Today's sponsorship is brought to you by Territory Global. We work at the intersection of experience and imagination. We help you pinpoint problems and turn them into opportunities. We make imagine happen. Some of the best organizations in the world choose us as their partner to help solve their strategy, innovation, transformation, story, and ways of working problems. Learn more at Territory.co.